Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, guys, welcome in to a special edition of Coffee and Shell. In fact, I don't even know what we're going to call this after today, but we're going to try something new as uh, I'm joined by not my normal co-host, Kesso. He is uh, with his wife at the hospital. They just had uh, their baby girl, so congratulations to my man, Kesso. But uh, hockey rolls on, Shell rolls on, but today... We're not going to talk a lot about show. We're going to talk about the real thing. We're going to talk about hockey. And I brought the uh, most knowledgeable person I know in uh, in that sense, my man Padre. Welcome aboard, dude. You fired up? Make your debut. Oh, I'm fired. I'm fired up. Yeah, we got we got a little bedhead over here with no sleep. Look at that. Look at that hair right now. Bro, I was going to put a hat on. I'm like, nah, dude. This is fat. I love it. Let, just let it go. You got to let it go. <laughs> All right. So for anyone that doesn't know who Padre is, he was actually the St. Louis Blues. Uh, emergency backup goalie for what, like four years, five years? Yeah, since 2017, and then I've I've been skating with the guys since the last lockout, the one that actually took out half the season. So, so since like 2012 or 11, yeah. We're gonna do a lot of name dropping on the on the pod, as my man, uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> my man Padre uh, is definitely well versed with a lot of the uh, a lot of the players in the NHL. Um, so a St. Louis Blues fan, obviously. But uh, today we are going to do uh, our first of four division previews for the upcoming NHL season. We're going to talk about real-life hockey on this podcast. And don't worry, Coffee and Shell is still going to be there when we talk about the new stuff with the video game. Because, well, there's a lot to talk about. We're going to wait for that. Uh, see, we'll, we'll, we'll bring Kesso in on that one as well. So, all right. Uh, first up, we're going to do, uh, again, a breakdown of everyone in the Pacific Division. We're going to do my division, my Sharks. All right, we're going to do the Pacific Division. We're going to go through what we think of the offseason moves and the projections for each of the team and how we think the playoffs for the Pacific Division will shake out. So uh, let's start with uh, the Anaheim Ducks, Padre. Uh, walk me through their additions and subtractions and, and what you think on, uh, uh, on, on the Ducks for the season. Yeah, well, I, I think the biggest addition, obviously, we got to go Klingberg. And John Klingberg, no, I don't think anybody expected him to get a one-year deal. A lot of people were thinking he was going to get upwards to a seven-year deal. Obviously, during the season, you saw a lot of stuff with him with trade rumors with Dallas. And nothing ever came to fruition, and you know he stayed there. And I think that's a really solid addition. I think, obviously, he's going to try and you know get the bag this season and just you know run their power play and whatnot. And you know, it's a little bit of a different power play setup this year because they used to have Getzlav up top kind of quarterback in the thing, which is a little odd having a centerman up there, but he was such a good passer. I mean, you, you, you've seen him for all those years in the, yeah. the Pacific Division. I mean, the guy would have like 10 goals and 90 assists. I mean, it, the guy was a stud. Like, he 
but having losing Getzlav and being able to slide in Ryan Strom, and they also slide, you know, slide in Frank Vitrano. I thought that was a solid addition. I mean, Vitrano was, I don't know about you, but in the playoffs, he was, he was like one of those players. And I was like, man, I kind of like to have him on my team. Yeah. Classic playoff guy. That's like, just like super, super um, good to have during the playoffs. The thing about Klingberg, that's so stunning. Uh, definitely obviously took is betting on himself the one-year deal but i think what's more stunning is that why went to, why anaheim went after him so hard uh for that or maybe they didn't really go after him hard just maybe he wasn't getting the the offers that he thought he would get and anaheim just offered maybe the best scenario for him i think this is definitely like a a scenario thing for klingberg he's definitely going to get all of the opportunity to put as many points up that he can before like you said uh he goes and tries to secure the bag this offseason what are the odds he is on Anaheim at the end of the season? See, and I listen to our boys. Uh, we'll, we'll be referencing them a lot, but it's Jeff. Me and me and Sleazy love Jeff Merrick, and love we love Jeff Elliot Merrick. Friedman, and we'd like to get him on here eventually. I think it's a real Imagine. possibility. It's just got to be. It's got to be the right time, I would say, for it. But we, we'll we'll get him on eventually. I think they'll come on here. And the thing is, they they both kind of said the same thing about him signing there, and I agree with this. Like, I mean. If they stink or if they're just average, they'll just ship them out of the deadline. They'll get a first round pick. And yep. thanks for thanks for coming and hope you enjoyed California. But like I think there is like a little bit of a sneaky possibility with Shattenkirk coming off the books this year. Yeah. And he's kind of similar to Shattenkirk. He's obviously younger, he's he's a better skater, but I'm saying like the type of defenseman he is, like offensive defenseman. I could see them signing him long term, especially like losing Manson. There was some rumors that like Manson might go back there this summer and, and he ended up just staying in Colorado, which I was kind of surprised by, to be honest with you. But I guess when they lost Kadri, they had the money to do that. So I don't know. It, I think, I think you're going to see like just a fusion of like youth again with that team. I think they're hoping that Comtois comes back, you know, and does something because he didn't do anything last year really. And obviously, our boy NHL cover boy Trevor Zegris. I think he had a great year last year. And I think Mason Matavish. Obviously, all you Canadians yeah. up there, you guys know exactly what you're you're getting with him. And and I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be a thorn in the side of the Sharks the next 10 years. It's, like, I think that's the type of player that you're like, man, I wish we had a guy like him. You know what I mean? Like, he's just a beast. We're going to talk like we're going to talk about how sad I am about the state of the Pacific Division because the Ducks and Kings are just <laughs> going to dominate the Sharks in the next decade. Uh, but man, I'm not going to lie. So early and super not fair to super make this early. comparison. But Zegras and McTavish remind me of like, the North American Zetterberg Datsuk, just like the trajectory so <laughs> far. Like that's what it reminds me of. Cause I don't know if Zegers will ever be like a hundred point player. Right. Mm. But clearly every time he has the puck, he's just like, I'll create time and space myself. Like he has no, right. he has no, uh, you know, like no leash with that. Like he just wants to just put on a show all the time. A lot of like what Datsuk did, uh, just create space himself. And, yeah, McTavish is. It looks really. I remember when McTavish got drafted, and it was like a reach. Like it was, it, you know, like I, it was like seen as a little bit of a reach there. But man, that's why uh, the scouts are the scouts because yeah, he looks absolutely incredible. Uh, other guys up front. So the Strom signing was also a really good. The the five mil. Um, obviously those are the guys that like what happens on the Leafs. You know, like there's just all the other guys get signed, and then there's like those middle guys that are super important. Right. Uh, man, that guy could not hit the net to save his life, though, in the playoffs. And just kind of like <laughs> all the chances in the world, yeah. uh, but could not uh, could not bury in the playoffs. But yeah, I think uh, Anaheim's forward core, they're, they're very exciting. They also have 
the number four ranked uh, prospect pool um, just via Corey Pronman on the athletics. So uh, really high there, obviously head by Tra- uh, Zegris and McTavish. But man, I watched Drysdale play against my ice dogs in his draft year before the pandemic. And when you watch like juniors, the, the, I think the, honestly, the, the thing that you can notice the most about an NHL prospect is when you have a defenseman in the OHL or juniors as a whole, they want the puck. Um, a lot of defensemen will look to just immediately get rid of it. And every time Drysdale played the Ice Hogs, it was disgusting. It was just end-to-end. Um, he's extremely fun. Um, and I think with Klingberg there, too, I don't think he has to play like those top-line minutes uh, and be that guy, that right-handed guy that has to play you know, 25 minutes a night so young. I think they can be a little more careful with him. But uh, they are set up to be I- extremely good. They also had a pretty good draft um this year they got nathan gosher later in the draft at the in montreal i was there um nathan gosher was a huge fan favorite i believe he played in the queue um but uh that was a really really good pick i think that their mitnikov seems to be a bit of a reach early on um uh, but we'll, we'll wait and see obviously you know you can't really uh can't really fault them after that pick of mctavish so uh yeah anaheim looks great give me uh give me your thoughts so they finished uh seventh in the pacific division 23rd overall last season in the league right behind my sharks uh where do you see them finishing this year and and what's your projection there i think well i think they'll just miss the playoffs probably again if i had to guess just because i feel like losing like some veterans you know i get like you're gonna lose getslav and stuff and manson off your team i know manson like was gone at the deadline but if you remember for the beginning of last year they were they were like really good like they they it looked like they could possibly like, oh, maybe this is the year the Ducks like kind of get it going again. Mm-hmm. And they obviously ended up being like they I think they kind of pulled it off like before anybody else did. But they were like, you know, we're going to pull, you know, pull the shoot on it and we're going to trade everybody. But I don't know. I mean, what's the Troy Terry can do anything close yeah. to that again? I'm not saying that he can't. I'm just saying it. there's a difference when you have a playmaker like Getsy passing you the puck like that. And then Max Jones, uh, fellow NHL EA Sports uh, player, he he likes he likes his shell. I I've played a few times with him and Robert Thomas, and they don't really play the game. They just kind of run around and hit. But he's coming back off of a year long injury, and Max Jones is a beast. Like I could see him being one of those guys like down the road if they get in the playoffs eventually, like next year or the year after, whatever. And he's one of those guys, a big body that'll just be super effective in the playoffs. Like it's always those big body guys that. You know what I mean? That that just tear it up. It seems like in the playoffs, but I think he's a he's a dark horse for that kind of thing. No, absolutely. I think that yeah. I think Anaheim is probably a year or two away still. Um, right. You know, we'll see if Gibson stays on the team. It's going to be very telling at the deadline this year um, if they just go full rebuild um, or if they think that the guys that they've gotten like McTavish and Zegers can propel it enough, quick enough um, to kind of you know uh, go for go for a, a little run while Gibson is still there. Um, but yeah, I still think it's far too early. The Pacific division is still pretty wide open. I think it's not as bad as it was last year. Last year, it was by far the the worst division in my opinion. Um, oh yeah. yeah, mile. I agree. Exactly. Like we'll talk about LA in a little bit, but LA was not a particularly great team and, um, they were able to win. They were able to get And then you have Vegas who Vegas will be a playoff team this year. Like that would be monumental if they weren't. And then we've got, you know, it'd be more embarrassing if they weren't this year. Like yeah. people freaked out last year about it. And I'm like, dude, if you look at the man games lost, like, yeah, it's like, what are you going to do? And one thing I will say, like kind of what you're saying about Anaheim too, is I know John Gibson, like he, he's a stud, like yep. he's really good. But the last three years, he hasn't 
surpass the 905 save percentage. And I don't think people, I understand the team's not, it, it's a team sport, right? It's a, mm-hmm. it's a team defense, everything like that. I get the whole thing. But in years past, even on like worst teams, he's putting up, you know, nine, 15 plus save percentages. So it's like, I've heard a lot of people say the same thing, kind of like just people are down on him. They're like down on him a little bit. Yeah. So no, absolutely. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Anaheim misses this year. Um, in all honesty, <sighs> I think that they finished seventh in the Pacific again. I hope they do because the team that they, <laughs> they might not might be might be one of my, might be mine. But yeah, I think that they'll probably finish around six or seven in the Pacific Division, and and uh, the next like two years I think is where um, they can they can really make uh, their mark. All right, so right. that was the Ducks. Let's talk about Seattle. Let's uh, let's do Seattle. Um, obviously, last year. I would say it's really hard because, you know, expansion is going to be compared with Vegas. What we saw with Vegas was um, 20 or 30 other general managers that did not know and have an idea of how the expansion would go. And they were looking to trade, just get rid of pit. Like it is Vegas was the perfect storm. And I think the Kraken had expectations. People were like, oh, man, maybe it'll be a playoff team. It's like. The Kraken were, in my opinion, what uh, I thought Vegas should have been, but other general managers right. kind of allowed them to uh, to not be. So uh, let's talk about the Kraken a little bit, their first year. Um, and it went kind of what I expected to be, extremely poorly. They have no top-end talent. Uh, really, uh, you know, a lot of players that would make the second line on some teams, but not all teams. Uh, and then, mm. uh, you know, uh, a lot of, a lot of uh, just middle guys on defense as well a uh, grubauer a net and really no prospect pool to speak of other than maddie beniers who did look like he actually belonged in the nhl when he got his cup of yeah, coffee at the end. so uh talk to me a little bit about the crack and what you what you expect there from them yeah and kind of going back to like the draft it's like weird because i think any of us we were like okay why are they not and i'm not saying this because i'm a blues fan but it's like why are you not taking tarasenko yep. why are you you know like why are you like missing out on in like whether their contracts are crappy or not, but like Matthew Shane or Ryan Johansson, you're going to tell me right now, if they didn't have one of those guys, like they wouldn't look a little better, mm-hmm. you know, especially down the middle before they, before they got Shane, right. Before they, you know, got Matty Beneers and stuff like that, like in the fold, it's like, they didn't really have a center. Their first line center last year was Jared McCann. And everybody was like, I mean, in anybody that plays the NHL video game, was yeah, following the, the him best all year fantasy the, card, dude. <laughs> yeah, the best fantasy card. So it's like, you know, and I know Kessa loves him because he's a yeah. former Penguin, but it's like he kind of got like that, you know, oh, is he the next William Carlson or, you know, like whatever. So you know, they, they didn't have they didn't have like, I guess you want to say like a lot of it's locked too. I mean, Yo, yeah. Vegas was very guys that came out of nowhere. You know, Alex Tuck. I don't I'll be honest, like I knew of him as like a first round. I didn't think he was going to be like a gazelle out, out on the ice. Like all of a sudden <laughs> when he's out there, like that guy's a beast. Like they just had like, you know, and I think obviously rallying around like the tragedy and stuff like that in Vegas. I think that was a big thing from what yeah. I hear from a lot of guys. And I, I don't know. I don't know if there was as much like piss and vinegar, I guess, yeah. as you want to describe like yeah. with Vegas as there was with Seattle. Cause the guys going to Seattle, like I don't think they were like that mad about going there. And it's weird too. Cause they, they just built their team a lot different. Like they signed Schwartz, they signed and like they signed guys like that. They, that really, you know, I, I didn't, I don't remember like Adam Larson, like those kind of deals. Like I don't remember like Vegas signing guys really like to like multi-year deals like Grubauer. That was out of nowhere. I thought for sure they were going to be going with um, like Drieger and uh, I can't remember who the other goalie they signed at the time was. It might've been Decord. Was it Decord? 
I don't know. I don't, yeah, it might have been just him and Decord. Yeah, it was him and Decord. Yeah, and I was like, they're, they're going to go with them or something, but then they ended up signing Grubauer, which I always said, and like obviously he's a way better goalie than me, but Grubauer, I never thought in a million years, was like as good as what he showed in Colorado. It's, you it's, know what I mean? It's tough when you have a goaltender that like it, it, uh, on, a, on an amazing team, it's, you know, there's goaltenders obviously that are, they're all very, very good, right? But like, Right. The Chris Osgoods, you know, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's tough when you, when you get those big contracts for those guys. Um, because yeah, you know, he did not have a good year, uh, with Anti Niemi, your boy. Yeah. Anti Niemi is a perfect example. Although he did save the Sharks from rocking, he, he, uh, Nittimaki. Let's just say year. they're, they're like above average. And yeah. you know what? I will say this when Niemi won the cup, I mean, you still have to make the big saves. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think Kemper kind of proved like Kemper's another one I'd be kind of scared of. Yep. But I mean, we'll, that we'll get onto that like later on when we talk about the next, you know, the, the caps and stuff like that, like in in a few weeks. But I don't know. Basically, with with the Kraken, I, they just got a lot of the same. I feel like like they brought in Burakovsky. They brought in Bjorkstrand. Now, now that those Bjorkstrand guys deal was yes. on, yeah. See, that was yeah. what Vegas did during their expansion draft, where they were like, "Oh, right. there's a trade that just happened. This team is absolutely scuffed. They have no right. idea where to go." Uh, and they, yeah, they just absolutely fleeced Bjorkstrand. They, they just have a lot of like second and third yep. line talent. I feel like, and yep. but we'll see because if Shane Wright's as good as you know, because you have those pissed off Montreal fans. And if he's as good as what they, you know, they were all crying about acting like they all know, you know, he's the greatest player ever, you know, like no one knows. Like, that's the thing about the draft. Like we saw that, like if there's a reason why, like, what was it? Three or four teams, like they didn't take him. I mean, who knows? I mean, not saying he's not going to be, you know, amazing, but we'll see if he was the true first overall pick. But Maddie Beneers, like watching that kid play, you know, at Michigan and then watching him play, like even in like the Olympics, he was like another kid, like Slavkovsky kind of, where I was like, dude. I know these aren't all NHLers at the Olympics, but those guys were dominating yeah. at the Olympics yeah. against other grown men that have played pro hockey. So yeah. I, I think I think the Kraken once again will miss the playoffs. Um, unless like some like miracle kind of happens with like everything just comes falls in together and some guy scores fifty million goals like Carlson did that one year and then their goalies play amazing. I mean, I just don't see it though, Yen. Like I we need to I guess it, it all kind of hinges on Beneers and Wright, honestly. Yeah, I think I think this year is the first year you're gonna have a lot of excitement uh, because they actually have a prospect pool. Um, but yeah, yeah, I would I would definitely expect them to finish last in the Pacific Division again. And I, we're gonna this is gonna be a theme, I'm sure. But it is clear that some teams saw you know Connor Bedard and they're like, we are gonna do our due diligence to try and land Connor Bedard. And I wonder if at the expansion draft that was like. You know, we're gonna try we're not gonna try and emulate Vegas at all. We are going to try and be bad and build through the draft. And I'm not gonna like getting Beneers, I think that draft is gonna be viewed as a little bit weaker or there's I think the Owen Power draft will have the most amount of insane gems that are found outside of the first round because the OHL did not play. And yeah. that is the that is the biggest feeder league in, in, in pro hockey. And it had the record amount of Americans because they played during COVID. Um, right. So a lot of Americans got drafted. Not that they didn't, they weren't, you know, supposed they shouldn't have been, but there is a lot of, I bet you any money, there's going to be a lot of second to like sixth round OHL kids that just come out of nowhere. Um, but they got veneers and I think that was really good. But Shane Wright, um, I hope like, man, he just looks so slighted and I got to meet yeah. him at, at the GWC awesome guy and uh he looks like he has a chip on his shoulder because he didn't go first and at 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 first before the draft process i thought that was a bad thing that like he he like wants the ego of going first 
but when he didn't right. and he just looked mad about it like that i love that because you know yeah. like i think that he is gonna he is gonna do everything he can and uh we'll see and he wanted to play first line minutes uh but you'll get he'll get a, he'll get his opportunity um with, with seattle and i think it'll be a lot more exciting once Beniers got there i think it the the excitement wore off from not from Seattle fans because they obviously they're they're loving it right now, but outside of it, it was like okay, it's cool. It's clearly not Vegas. We'll see them in five years, like we did with. Dude, Cleveland. I was just gonna say that it, yeah. I when I would watch them because I sit up like a loser yeah. and I'll stay up till like midnight, <laughs> even when I have to work at five a.m. But it's like I'll like watch them, and it, it's just not the same yeah. as when I watch Vegas. They're, like the Vegas, and I know I'm not a, like a Vegas fan, but I'd watch the games in the beginning of the first year, and I was almost like rooting for them because mm-hmm. the place was just buzzing at puck yeah. drop and. And once they dropped the puck, dude, they would they always would score in the first like five minutes. Vegas, dude, would. don't remind nuts. me, dude. Don't remind me, dude. <laughs> Seattle, when I would watch it, it was just kind of like, I mean, yeah, whatever. Like, yeah. I, I wasn't as excited. I don't know why. And um, yeah, I agree. Like, once Beniers got there, they're definitely like more exciting. And There's I'm, I'm also curious to see how your boy uh, Marty Jones does there. He's a uh, you know because he had to come in because Drieger got hurt. Perfect <laughs> signing because if you want a team to do worse for Connor Bedard, signing Martin Jones is the number one. <laughs> thing uh that you can do so all right so we're through anaheim and seattle those would be our uh seven and eight teams of the pacific division uh let's talk about my san jose sharks okay Uh, it has been a rough three years as a sharks fan that i've been a sharks fan for the last 20 years 20 or so years and i was blessed with 15 straight six 17 17 of eight years seven uh 16 of 17 years where they were in the playoffs um well they didn't win a cup um basically the regular season was just boring to me uh because it was just like whatever it's a lot like what toronto fans are going through right now and now uh much different feel um this is the i have no hope um the ownership has basically said we can't afford to do a complete teardown rebuild because uh you know while they sold out for 10 straight years uh they don't have the fan base to uh, sell out and keep the team afloat or what the owner wants to uh, through a teardown rebuild. So that means that they just have to ride out the uh, the remnants of the Marlowe and Thornton era, and that's awfully ugly, you know? Um, so last year was not good. I think that they are in the exact same situation they are now. Mike Greer comes in, completely new, man- completely new uh, management. Well, uh, I'm not going to lie. It wasn't really stated what's wrong with Doug Wilson. Um, but, uh, I know a lot of people will harp on Doug Wilson for giving out the Carlson contract and the Mark Edward Vlasic contract. Uh, that's just what happens when you, you know, um, uh, continually contend for the Stanley Cup playoffs. Eventually it'll catch up to you just like it's doing in, 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 uh, in Chicago. Chicago. Now. I, there was no one I would trust more to do a rebuild, uh, than Doug Wilson just for the sheer fact that a, he can't tear it down. And he is probably the biggest shoot your shot GM that we've ever had. Oh, yeah. um, we listened to we listened like we listened to Hockey Central quite a bit. We love Merrick and and, and Friedman and and uh, when Berkey was on there, he would talk about it all the time that Doug Wilson was one of the first general managers to call about your star player, and he pulled off some of the biggest trades in the last twenty years. Oh yeah. And um, having someone like that, I think, is the perfect kind of guy to. Uh, try and get through this because you know you need someone that'll get extremely creative. Uh, Mike Greer, the, you, a new the problem I have with a new general manager is that I don't know how you would come up with an, an amazing strategy to um, figure out what to do with this team. So they added like fifteen new guys. His first uh, his first week as a general manager, he signed an entire new bottom six. And the issue with that is that for years that's what Doug Wilson would do. But the problem was their top six was stacked. Now 
they're in a slightly better position than Anaheim in terms of forwards just because uh, Timo Meyer looks like a legitimate first-line player. Uh, and Tomas Hurdle is probably on the bottom end of a first-line player. But after that, they really don't have anyone that, that can be at the top of the lineup. Lone Goodshire, well, I think he's an amazing two-way center, is um, 30. Wow, I cannot believe he's 33 years old now. Um, he is no longer going to push for a point per game or 80 points in a season. So uh, he is a second-line center, which is fine. But then after that, it's just completely uh, devoid of NHL talent in terms of like their top six. So they sign Oscar Lindblom. Great story. Awesome to have him. Um, you know, I don't know how he's going to respond his, you know, prior to his, to his cancer diagnosis, he looked like he was going to be one of the better young players in the NHL with Philly. Uh, they signed Luke Coonan, who is a okay bottom six. That's my boy. Yeah. That's bo- my boy. Bottom he's six from St. Guy. Louis. I is skate he- with him in the summertime. Yeah. He's, he's dude. I think you're going to really like him. I hope he sticks around long enough to where like you can see him in the playoffs. Cause I think he'll thrive in the playoffs. Yeah. He's got an absolute piss missile of a shot. <laughs> he'll fight. He'll, he'll grind. He's just like one of those, like, like, I just think like with him and Limblom, like last year, especially they were in roles where they couldn't yeah. flourish. I feel like, and whenever he, like Limblom came back to Philly, they kind of like replaced his spot while he was gone. And I yeah. think like he, I think he's just in a better spot. It's kind of like Barabanov. Like you saw I like what he did. Barabanov. Yeah. yeah. I think that, uh, the Leafs made a mistake with him. Um, I know that Leafs fans will be like, well, he wasn't going to play in the top six, uh, which is, yeah. this is a perfect example of what happened with Vegas. Bear Banov is a perfect example. So there's there's probably 100 NHLers that if they got first-line minutes would put up right. 50 to 60 to 80 points in a season, and that's what happened with Vegas, we'll, and we'll talk about them in full later on. Uh, Bear Banov was never going to make the top six with the Leafs, uh, but once right. he was with the Sharks, um, it w- he was just electric with the puck, like one of the most creative guys when he had the puck, um, and I'm super glad that they signed him. Uh, to doing a bit of an extension, so he's got another two years there. But he again, looks sick wearing number ninety four. It does look good. I do like. I love. I do love that number. You don't see a lot of ninety fours anymore. Outside of that, you've got Nick Benino and Nico Sturm. Uh, yeah, you know. Uh, okay, Matt Nieto is a great penalty killer, uh, and then it's a lot of um, prospects that I don't think are ready. But uh, here's the one thing that does appear to be the case with um, with with Greer. So last year I got to see uh, William Eklund, and I'm not going to lie. Uh, again, bias aside, he played his nine games. He looked like he fit. He did look small, but he was unbelievable with the puck. And uh, he is probably the most exciting prospect that I've um, I've had as a Sharks fan. Um, ever since Tomash Hurdle, and even when Hurdle came onto the scene, I wasn't excited for him to be in the lineup, but he made it exciting with, like, his four-goal game and like that, like that. Right. You know what I mean? It happened. Um, William Eklund, I'm just excited for uh, right off the rip, and um, there is a rumor that the entire prospect system for the Sharks is going to be in the AHL this year. Now, as a Sharks fan, because I really don't think they'll make the playoffs, I think that they have a better shot than Anaheim and, and Seattle, but everything would have to break right, and Reimer would have to play phenomenal. Um, Eric Carlson would have to stay healthy his whole season. We'll talk about Carlson in a second. LeBanc? Where's, what's, what's his Le, deal? Is so he, it, LeBanc, um, he took that one-year deal when the Sharks, with, that, with the Sharks when uh, they had that their best team ever the year that they lost to St. Louis in the conference final. Um, and 
I've never seen this before, maybe in sports, but he took a one-year deal, which was stunning uh, at the time. But it looked like they had to, you know, make up for that and signed like a five-year deal, um, yeah. which was which was tough. But I don't know what they're gonna do with him now, uh, with the five million dollar deal. But um, we'll we'll wait and see. I think that um, he could return to some some sort of his former self. But I think that now he's just someone that will not be a top six player. Uh, but it looks like in the AHL, what they're going to do is all of their prospects. And like I said, this is the most excited I've been about a prospect pool as a whole. So William Eklund, uh, if I think if you're redrafting the Owen power draft, I honestly think that he goes three or four. Um, we'll see about Edvinson cause he looks really good as well. But I think that, uh, when he fell, there was talks about him going first that year. Um, yeah. Owen power is clearly the number one still, but, uh, can't wait to see him, but it looks like he, everyone is going to be in the AHL. So Bordalo, man, I am I, I am him. way He's too biased, but I have not seen a player come into the league as a fan of the Sharks and be that exciting uh, at the end of last year. And I'm going to say this, that I think that this is my extremely hot, bold take from watching Bordalo over the last, uh, you know, the last little bit of the season and just how he played and then the World Juniors. Uh, obviously disappointing finish, but he was one of the better players on Team USA. Uh, I think that he is the sec- He will end up being the second best Wolverine, which is an extremely hot take as Ken Johnson and Matty Veneers are both there by Owen Power, but I, I, I don't know why. And I think that if he goes into the NHL and starts and, they, and he makes the team, I think that he can push for some Calder votes, but it looks like everyone is going to start in the AHL. And the Barracuda have been awful. They now have the best jerseys in potentially the entire league. Um, <laughs> but... If they're going to play their entire prospect pool in the AHL, that'll be the most exciting AHL team that's in the league. Like you'll have Scott Reedy, um, you'll have uh, Bordalo, William Eklund, and uh, and a lot of Brandon Coach, Tristan Robbins, who led the WHL in points. Uh, excited to see uh, all of them on defense. though, man, it is a mess. Um, <laughs> trading Burns. A lot of people were like, man, they give up Burns, didn't get anything. Getting rid of that contract is huge. Getting rid of one of those contracts is massive. I think that a lot of people forgot that he wasn't signed for two years. He was signed for three more years. Um, and that is just way too much. So um, him being gone and getting rid of most of the contract because they, they've retained, I believe, 20% of it, 25% of it. Um, but uh, that was big. I think it's a huge plus for Carlson. Now, for anyone that does not watch Sharks games, and that's going to be a lot of you probably, uh, when Carlson plays and he's not hurt, he, last year specifically, he was phenomenal. Like, I would say he was worth about $8 million, which I will take. I will take that version of Eric Carlson. The problem is now is that he's just hurt all the time. However, there was seemed to be an issue where they could not figure out Burns and Carlson on the power play and now having From day one yeah and but that's Literally. that's just how it's going to be you have two right hand i think if one of them was left-handed yeah. man that oh, would have yeah, been one be of the most exciting like defensive pairings ever um but because they're both right-handed it really had an issue but carlson is gonna it is now carlson's deep decor and i yeah. that that that's what happened in ottawa and that's where he succeeded and maybe this will allow him to return a lot more value the real issue isn't Carlson, it's Mark Edward Vlasic. So Vlasic was one of, if not the best defensive defenseman in the NHL for a solid like three to four year span. I think when he made Team Canada, everyone went, what? Like who? That weren't Sharks fans. 
Uh, but that he kind of was the greatest defensive hockey team ever too. Yep. In Sochi. Yep. Uh, Mark Edward Vlasic, uh, collected the bag, got 7 million. And I think the biggest drop off in hockey is, uh, the power forward and defensive defenseman, because you offer no offense on defense. And when you're skating and defense starts to falter, when you've made the bag, basically scoring 15 to 20 points a season, uh, you are not offering anything offensively, and for the last three or four years, he has been awful defensively, and he has four years at $7 million. Uh, there were some talks that he would get bought out this year. That cap hit would be Suter and Parise-esque in Minnesota, and because the Sharks have so many big contracts, they can't afford to take that buyout cap hit. However, next year, I would be stunned if he is still a Shark. I think that's when the buyout happens. Um, seven million dollars for he he has basically been an AHL level defenseman in terms of his play. It has been sad to watch. Apparently, after the COVID year, he came in and just was out of shape, and uh, he doesn't want to leave because he likes living there, which uh, is is not good. So um, that one's tough. Mario Ferraro is quickly becoming my one of my favorite sharks of all time. Dude leads the league in block shots from defenseman. The guy. Um, might not have Eddie, the, Eddie. he might not have the best hands, but he has an insane motor, and uh, he's going to be the captain of the Sharks eventually. And then it's a bunch of like like Lindbloms and, and Coonins. It's like Redim Shimek. They signed. Marcus. I like Nudavara. I like Nudavara. Yeah, I like him. I think that, I watched him a lot with Columbus, and I like him. He's he's like steady. I think you'll like him. I really do. It depends if he can come back from like injury and play like he yeah. used to. Because, but I think that that one is actually not a terrible one. They got Matt Benning for four years at one point. <laughs> I, I was surprised by that. Kind I, of. I I don't know. And then uh, Merkley. What do you think of Merkley? What do you think of Merkley? I need to hear this because he was a hot topic when he got drafted because of all the stuff in juniors. Of like just being he's just being a little cocky kid, you know what I mean? But he was he he ripped it up in juniors. I look at him a lot like Tony D'Angelo, just not with the yeah. you know, the the, the racial yeah, you know and the stuff, political, yeah. you know, like whatever. I'm talking about like just like coming out of juniors because yeah. like same kind of defensive, right handed defenseman, offensive. But like what with him last year, like what did you think of him last year, I guess, you know? He uh dude at the blue line, <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie, like he is very Dan Boyle, Kale McCarr at the blue line in the offensive zone. But that's where all similarities end. So, like, at the blue line, he head up, dangles any poach check or any pressure, which has a ton of use. Um, but defensively, doesn't like to go into corners all that often. He's not very big. Yeah. So, if you don't have, like, that you know, that dog in you when you're, when you're a little bit of a smaller defenseman, uh, you need someone to make up for it. And the left-hand side of the Sharks' blue line is now just awful. Like, it, it's Ferraro is locked with Carlson, um, but after that, it's like Redeem Shimek, who has not played in a while, uh, Mark Edward Vlasic, who is now a defensive liability, and then Jacob Megna. So, like, there is, there's no help. I think that um, he's... I don't know if he'll get his run, because uh, Quinn did not have the best... Um, reputation with handling younger players in the Rangers. Now I think it's a little overblown because of the position that he's put in with the Rangers. Um, yeah. where he had to make the Their playoffs. owners a little involved. He, if you know yeah, what I'm saying? He had to make the playoffs <laughs> and he did not want to, you know, he had to make a playoffs. He didn't want, he didn't care right. about rookie development. Um, I don't, I remember watching. So what I said about Jamie Drysdale, I remember watching Merkley actually um, when, when he was playing the ice dogs uh, in the COVID year, remember that uh, Tucker Tynan injury? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was at that game, and that was uh, against the the Knights at the time. And I remember the remake game I went to, and dude was just 
they were winning like 7-1, scored a goal, jumped into the boards. Like, just, like I immediately could see why, but it's the same situation. Just demanded the puck um, and, and really, really good with that. Uh, I think that the Sharks had Carlson Burns and Merkley did not fit because it's another offensive right-handed defenseman. If there was only if there was one thing the Sharks had in abundance, it was offensive defenseman on the right side. But now no Burns. I, I hope he gets one more shot, Merkley. But uh, I think this is it. Like, I think we'll see, like, Josh Hosang situation here. Yeah. Where, like, to all the talent in the world doesn't seem to want to put it together. But uh, And then in net, uh, Aiden, the Aiden Hill experiment, um, he was hurt a lot, did not go as planned. Uh, James, he played shell with him. It did. I got to play. He is a really <laughs> nice guy. Loves his war zone, too. Uh, but, no, I got to meet. He's a great guy, and he's huge. But he's just hurt. Uh, and yeah. James Reimer. The Sharks would have challenged for a top five pick this year if it wasn't for James Reimer, which which hurts me because I want to see the Sharks do bad. I would, especially this year, if the Sharks land a Connor Bedard, bro, I would lose my mind. Um, but yeah, I Reimer is phenomenal, and I think that he'll get traded because they have three goal. They signed he signed like a million goaltenders. They 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 brought back Aaron Dell. Yeah, they have Cabo Kakinen, uh, who I think will end up being the starter. He'll get a run. But I don't know. Uh, in terms of predictions for the Sharks, I know we went a little bit longer with the Sharks, but obviously uh, we'll do the same thing with the Blues when we get to the Blues next week. But um, they I didn't do much, so we won't go that long. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I guess. Hey, hey, I'll say this about the Sharks though, real quick. They got the best looking coach in the league. How about that? They do have a great looking coach and the best alternate jerseys in the NHL. That is uh, true. I always tell you that. The uh, the teal, not the stealth. Those are god awful, and they never win with them. For uh, those are not it. The uh, the teal. Uh, with the silver uh, old yep. school ones. That is my, I have a Logan Couture jersey that I always wear on streaming and videos. That one is uh, my favorite jersey. But I think that they finished sixth in the Pacific Division again, uh, ahead of Anaheim and Seattle. Um, my my problem is I think that they are too good to finish bottom five in the league and too bad to make the playoffs, which is legitimately the worst place to be in professional sports. And ownership is just going to keep them there for a little while, but I think they're going to be worse uh, no matter what they do. So uh, six in the division there. Uh, let's move along to Vancouver. Let's be quick on Vancouver because um, I, I thought Vancouver would be a lot better than they were. Um, they brought it that he, I love Connor Garland. I, I know everyone's like, oh my God, the OEL trade is a Connor Garland trade. I love Connor Garland. He was a guy that uh, a player that you watch um play against your team and you notice but if you don't watch like you know if you didn't watch Connor Garland when he was a with um Coyote you wouldn't know about him uh I thought that was a great trade for them but the OEL deal is already showing uh why that was such a a rough trade there so uh, talk to me a little bit about what you think about the Canucks and, and where you see them going yeah I don't know I think a lot of just hinges on Petey, Elias Pettersson, and obviously Besser coming back with his dad passing away. Obviously, that's a that was a big deal. And they added Mikheyev, they added Lazar, and they added a St. Louis Blue, Dakota Joshua. I'm actually kind of curious. I know a lot of people don't know who he is, but I'm kind of curious to see how he does there just because he's going to be playing now consistently and whatnot. But Mikheyev, a lot of Leafs fans I know, were kind of upset about losing him somewhat because of, he's just a great skater and whatnot. But one of those things where you pay all those guys up top, you're going to lose those, you know, those third and fourth liners. You know what I mean? You kind of have to just keep a revolving door. I don't know. I think a lot of it, just honestly, it just Pedersen and Besser. I, and like the JT Miller thing's going to hang over everyone's head this yeah. year too, with him being, I mean, that's, that's something where you're going to see 
I mean, crap, at this rate, who knows? He could get traded before training camp. You never know. It's um, it's one of those things where it's going to be, you know, I think they're going to see how they do. And if they do good, they're going to hold on to him as like their own little rental. I was about to say um, that. I, I think that he's a yeah. trade deadline acquisition. He had a whole, well, you saw how good they were when Boudreaux came in, too. They yeah. were good when Boudreaux came in. Mm-hmm. They started scoring. That, that guy just wins. Bruce Boudreaux is so just good. a winner. I yeah. He didn't win the cup or anything yet, but like. Everywhere he goes, they just score and they 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 turned it around. And I, I don't know. I'm curious. And, and Demko's a stud. Like he really One is. One of the best goaltenders in the league. I think. I I agree. I I think yeah. that's uh, yeah. Like it, it's a lot of just their top end guys performing. So like as yeah. long as like man, remember when Quinn Hughes and Kale McCarr were like attached to the hip, and now it's like, dude, not even like yo. Know, that trajectory went like they were like this, and now one's like that, and the other one's just kind of. Um, but Pedersen fell off there. Um, if I would love to hear in the comment section, just like what Vancouver Canuck fans thought about what happened with Pedersen, but I like their top six looks like just looking at their top six in terms of like cap hits and things like that. Pedersen, Besser, Horvat, Miller, Garland, and then one of Mikheyev or Pod Colson is a solid top six. And then OEL, he is not worth his money. He is still a very talented defenseman. Quinn Hughes, Myers, Dermott, like that's not a bad top four either. And they have Demko and Net, like. This is the team, I think, in the Pacific Division outside of Vegas that's super underperformed, but it's not like they missed the playoffs by that much. Like, there was a big jump between six and five between San Jose and Vancouver, um, you know, almost 20 points. So, um, I could see Vancouver. I don't don't see them making it in the top three. We'll talk about the top three in a little bit, and I think that they, one team is going to fall out that was there last year, but I could see them making a wild card spot, I think. Yeah, I the thing with them is like I don't know. I the, the the weird thing about it is I think they I don't know. It's it's tough to say. Like I could see like them and like LA like flip-flop. Yeah. But then again, like Vegas was the one like like I like before we obviously we're going to go through all teams, but I think like I think it'll be like Vegas, Ed, Edmonton and Calgary ultimately. Same. But um but like I could see like I could see like LA taking a step back this year too. I mean, I don't know. I I not saying like they were I feel like they had, like, a great year last year, but, it like, Jonathan Quick also, like, you know, that kind of thing. But, you know, Vancouver, like I said, a lot of it's just Besser and Pedersen getting back to, like, what they were, I guess. I agree. I think that's what it hinges on because, <clears> yeah, if they if they can't, that's that's awfully tough for them. Um, but, yeah, the JT Miller thing is going to be tough. All I remember there was, like, I think, the, like, the draft, everyone was just waiting for it. I remember when the trade got announced with, like, Montreal, like, in Chicago, like, thought that Miller might have been involved in that. But uh, yeah. yeah, if if Besser and 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 all of those guys can get back, and when, and when I say Pedersen too isn't back to like what he was, I like I understand he put up like most points he ever, but I just mean like he was like being like yeah. talked about like is like the next you know whatever, and he and he kind of just like in the, if you remember the beginning of last year because he came in, I think it was wasn't the last year he came into camp a little bit late with like Quinn Hughes or whatever yeah, was it the year before? So. I believe, but it's like it took a while to get going. I don't know. I just I I just think like kind of like what you said with McCarr and Hughes like there's a trajectory and they were going like this. And they, I've, I feel like just they kind of just like, just fly yeah, like yeah. flatlined a little bit, but that, that's not a big deal. I mean, they're young kids. So number four in the um, Pacific division last year was the Vegas golden Knights. Now, uh, obviously I, I always liked Vegas because of how fun they were that first year. You talked about it. I obviously ended up hating them because the sharks and Vegas rivalry um, is no longer really a thing in the sense, because the biggest parts of it are now gone. <laughs> Reeves, right. Reeves and Kane are now not on the Sharks uh, mm-hmm. and the Knights, but 
And the other issue is that Vegas has literally gotten rid of every single player that was in that rivalry. So in the span of five years, they had a masterclass of an expansion draft. Like they, I don't think we'll ever see a team of professional sports do that again in our lifetime. And they have now made it where they have tried to be the New York Rangers of the West, where they just go out after any big fish every year. And it seems like they have no loyalty to their players. And that has come out in uh, whether it be the Marc-Andre Fleury thing with the stab in the back. Like, yep. you know what I mean? Uh, I'm trying to think of... Well, look, uh, at, well, look at what just happened the other day. Paul Stasny, from what I heard, got offered more money by Vegas. And he lives in Vegas. He's Alex Petrangelo's next-door neighbor. Yeah, I have inside info We're going to talk about Petro, that. too, because you skate, with, <laughs> you, skate, you skate with Petro. So I, know, I might have to put on my Vegas gloves for this <laughs> segment. Um, but no, I... Uh, so like Petro told me he lives next door and they, they thought they were getting him back. And I texted Petro the other day and I said, why did he go to Carolina? If he lives in Vegas, he skates in Vegas. Yep. He likes Vegas to the point. I literally think it, I mean, what, what else would it be besides you're pissed off that you got stabbed in the back too? Now was his as big as a deal as flurries? No, but it's still just like kind of what you go to Nate Schmidt, that kind of thing. I was about thing. to say Nate Schmidt was like, no. one cause I remember there was a lot of like fan favorite reports and, and fan favorite and about how, they th- that was the year when they brought in Petro and they just had to get rid of somebody and it was just like man you it's just a tough look and they've gone after all of the big fish and they again if you would have said in five years that they would run out Mark Stone Jack Eichel and Alex Petrangelo like you've got to be high but yeah. now that it's happened it's like man I don't I don't they don't have the juice the same as as what they at they had. Uh, and now we'll let, see this year, though. Let, I want to see this year. This is a big yes, year. This yes. is the year that, like, finally everyone can. If they stink or not stink, but if they're if they don't make it they this year, the people can crap all over them. I get it. My thing with them is like what you just said. If you could bring in Eichel, Stone, Petro, yeah, who wouldn't want to do that? Yeah, and like people are like, well, they're giving away Patch Ready for free. Well, listen, when those guys have cap spaces that are 8.8 mm-hmm. plus million, you have to make room and no one else is going to take on your your other contracts. I mean, like, I, I understand, like, what people say. Like, I get the goofiness of their, their asset management. But when you're bringing in three, two at least superstars, I mean, you got to make room. I mean, you have to. And I, I don't know. I, I understand, like, I don't know why people always – Pro sports fans or fans in general, they always get upset about what everyone else does with their money. What do you care what Bill Foley does with his money? Yeah, it's his money. Yeah. If he wants to look like an idiot, like, and he can do whatever he wants, the guy, the guy's like one of the richest owners in the NHL. Like, he doesn't care. Like you said, he's, they're the New York Rangers of the West. I, I, think, don't know, I think it's fun. I think it makes hockey more fun. I think that after a certain point um, of making just, they, they could do no wrong in like the first two years. Like, they just no, legitimately sure. could do no wrong. However, their trades, they've lost. Other than the Mark St- Mark Stone trade, they have lost, and yeah. we'll see about Eichel. Um, I think both of those you would make, but man, the the one the one to lose Suzuki to to Montreal yeah. that looks like it might be one of the worst of the last like three or four years, or five years yeah. in the NHL. Because because if you imagine that they just would have stood pat and had Nick Suzuki. Like that would have been yeah. uh, just that that would have been phenomenal for them because I think center depth. I mean Chandler Stevenson was absolutely incredible. But I don't think anyone. He's awesome. Yeah, I don't think anyone projected <laughs> him. him to do what he did. He just kind of, you know, was like, "All right, we need something here. We I, we don't have Eichel. Like, you know, what that's I mean? a like, good skater. Yeah, like it, it, I think that uh, losing Leonard. Like, what do you, what do you think about that? Like, yeah, that that that's the deal. Where like Suzuki, like 
it hurts, Ryan but like you have Eichel, Eichel. You, have, you have Eichel, right? So it's like, there's your first line center or like, who would you rather have Suzuki or Eichel? That, yeah. That's going to be the argument in my book. I understand the trade, what you're saying, but I guess Patch Ready, I, I'll be honest. When Patch Ready was healthy, he scored a lot of goals for him. He did like when he was healthy. And the thing that the one, the one move that just, I'll never understand was the flurry one. I'll never understand it. Fan favorite. You go to a Vegas game in Vegas. It's flurry jerseys everywhere. They love the guy. He lo- he would have retired there. And he's making like $3.5 million now, which is less than Leonard. I don't... It was something with your boy, Pete DeBoer. I say your boy because he was a former Sharks coach. Something with him not liking flurry and the way he played, I heard. I heard they didn't like how aggressive he was and kind of sometimes he'll overslide and he'll come out of the crease. I, Mike McKenna told me that, who was one of Vegas's uh, announcers. And he, he lives in St. Louis now. But... I just, I don't know. I never understood the obsession with Leonard. Don't be wrong. He came in, he played good. But like, I'm going to be honest, like Logan Thompson looked pretty good with them. They're, they're a good hockey team. Yeah. It's not like, it's not like you need, you know, Vezina caliber goaltending. It's just, but Flurry, I don't, I didn't understand that. I'll, that was the one move I'll never understand from a PR perspective and on ice perspective. I don't know. I think that they just got caught trying to be too cute with uh, the future and the present mm-hmm. at the same time. And they just got kind of stuck. Um, but, uh, yeah. And who would know Flurry would win the Vesna when he was like 30 sets? Unbelievable, man. Like, that was, that was a wild experience. So we're both in agreement. They're going to make the playoffs. I think they'll make the playoffs. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Do you think they're, they'll win the division or division spot? Where do you think they'll finish in the Pacific? I think they're going to win the division. I'm going to go hot I, take Dude, I, I'm not going to lie. Like, it's, I've watched enough Vegas cook my Sharks. Dude, the COVID year, they literally went 8-0 against them. So, like, dude, like I, New coach with Bruce Cassidy, too. I mean, you bring in, like, I, like, let's be honest, dude. Like, Pete DeBoer, he gets a lot out of him in the beginning. He's great in the first I, year. He'll go, yeah. he'll go to the Cup I, in the first year, and then it's all down. Yeah. It's all down. And then I think, but I think Cassidy, like, I think it's just, a, like, a fresh start. I know... When we, when we get to Boston, we'll have to talk about that because obviously you had some guys come back out of nowhere. Krejci just, you know, he decided he want to take a year off and get yeah. away from Bruce and then he came back. So, yeah. but yeah, I think Vegas, I'm going to say they're going to win the division. I mean, that's just, that's my hot take, you know, hate me on it all you want, but right now everyone likes to poop on him right now, but we'll see. So. I think that, I think they are definitely in, uh, in the right. It's all going to depend on how Logan Thompson plays or if they go, I I'm stunned that Reimer is, I don't know if it's because it's Vegas but like I said, the Sharks have three signed goaltenders and Reimer would be a perfect fit. Again, like the way that he's played, all you need is just good enough in Vegas. Your team is fine. You don't need someone to like Demko to carry. Um, so I, I, I'd be stunned if they don't go out and get someone um, already. So moving on to LA, uh, my least favorite team in the NHL. And uh, <laughs> they, I remember the beginning of last season, uh, I said when it came to LA, that they are either going to finish at the, near the bottom, near where Seattle was in the Pacific Division, or all of their prospects would hit and they'd make the playoffs a uh, wildcard spot. Well, neither happened because um, their prospects did not hit and they somehow still made the playoffs. Uh, that Philip Deneau signing was um, pretty incredible for them Unreal. to go with to go with Anze Kobitar. To, it's probably the best defensive center setup that that it's in the league in terms of top two defensemen or top two centermen uh but man they have the one of the best prospect pools um it's it's fallen quite a bit over the last year um but they have a lot of guys coming that'll be extremely excited like byfield didn't do much last year um you know um, yeah 
Go ahead. I think one of them will get traded eventually too because they have because bringing in like Fiala, which is like their off you yeah. know their offseason move, and then like and then they have Arvidsson, they have like all these guys, but like where's the room for guys like you know Kaliev, Kapari, Velarde, and then you got Turcot that everyone forgets about still too. It's like they're I feel like that that'll be a trade piece to bring in a defenseman eventually because like Dowdy's not getting any younger, and that's their weakness is their back end. I agree, and Dowdy, <laughs> God. Uh, he, uh, he definitely turned back the clock a little bit last year. Oh yeah. He, he was in, he is one, he was right up there with Carlson in terms of the worst contracts in the NHL. Last season, he did a lot to, um, at least he returned his value last year. However, he's got mm-hmm. five more years at 11 million. And it, I think that the realistic expectation for Dowdy is somewhere in the middle. Like last year won't happen again, but it won't be as bottomed out as everyone thinks. Um, I agree. They, they don't have a lot of room. And the, I think the other thing is they overachieved it last year. And yes. uh, now there's pressure because like, like mm-hmm. I said, none of their prospects really hit like cat, like uh, by at 10 points in 40 games. Like he did not take over. Um, and, and again, Gabe Velarde, he's been hurt a lot since he's been drafted. Uh, and, and Kapari and Kaliev are both exciting, but haven't done much. It's like they have on paper, the best prospects, but now it's like, now this is the season for them to like do something and they might not, right. they might, you know, so we'll have to wait and see. But, uh, I'm I'm curious to see um, Brant Clark. He was someone I was never impressed with when I watched him play the Ice Dogs. I don't know what it was. Um, yeah. Just he did not seem to be a great skater. I, I don't know. Uh, you know, clearly he's still one of the best defensive prospects in the NHL. Uh, but we'll wait and see how he plays. But yeah, their back end is awfully suspect. Um, I believe Sean Dursey still needs to be signed. He's been really really good. And here. and Mikey Anderson, who actually like. He impressed me a lot in the playoffs. He was, he was he was real solid against the Oilers. Like, but I, yeah, their back end is like their weak link. I would feel like, and it's not like it's god awful by any means. It's just it's just very inexperienced. I feel like you know what I mean. Like Dowdy and Edler, like they resigned Edler to that cheap deal, but that's about it in terms of experience. But I think, yeah, I think that I think they're gonna be. I don't know. What do you think? You think they make the playoffs? No, I, think I think they're they gonna. I think they missed. Yeah, I think last year they overachieved. I think that. I think that Kopitar and Dano make up for their defensive line. And Jonathan Quick having a good year. I know you don't love him, but like <sighs> one of the most he had a pretty good year. I know it's so frustrating. He is again. Uh, Sharks aside, he was the best playoff goaltender for a stretch of four years. The, I'll never yeah. take that away from him. Statistically, he's been one of the worst goaltenders. Uh, in the last four years, prior to last year, prior to last year, the four seasons before, he was worse than Martin Jones over qualified goaltenders over a four-year stretch. Put that in perspective, because how you view Martin Jones, that's what Jonathan Quick was. So, um, But he is still has the potential to be a good goaltender, and last year he proved it. I think that's... I think Vegas is just going to be so much better than last year. And I could see Vancouver push LA, but uh, I just, yeah, their prospects sure. need to do something. And if they don't, I, I don't know. Uh, next up we'll do uh, Edmonton. So man, it's like the Los Angeles. I mean, I guess it's slightly better than the LA angels of, of hockey, but uh, they finally <laughs> go to the conference, the quietest conference final appearance, probably because they were out within a weekend, but um, right. uh, the Edmonton Oilers talk to me what you think about the, the Oilers this year. Oh gosh, I don't know. They're is it is it weird to say they're a lot of the same? I mean, I guess it, but I mean, I I I know they're bringing in the the big thing is they're bringing in Jack Campbell. Okay, so is Jack Campbell gonna be anything close to what he does, you know, pre All Star break, or is he gonna be, you know, what we saw later in the year? I I think Jack Campbell 
is the real deal in terms of like, I think he's an NHL starting goalie for sure. Now the question is like, what is he going to give them? Is he going to give them, you know, better than what Mike Smith did? I don't think he's going to let in the back breaking deflating goals that Mike Smith was letting in. But I think, yeah, I mean, I, I think it, I definitely think they approved in net though, for sure. I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, I, they, they score plenty of goals. But I still think their defense stinks. Yeah, like their defenseman. Their their defense is. I think that the losing Oscar Clefbaum potentially for like ever was like a gigantic, <laughs> yeah, a, gig, a gigantic like issue. Like uh, I think that had had the Clefbaum stayed healthy and been able to play, their defense looks far better. Um, because I don't. Yeah, like Jack Campbell, man. What there is something about playing for the Leafs that I don't think any other fan base will understand in all of, and maybe no. in all of sports. Like it's a lot like playing for the Dallas Cowboys in football. Like yeah. there's a reason why in the playoffs, they, those teams just seem to not click. And Jack Campbell needed to make all of the saves at like literally every single save, because the second that a goal goes in that entire Toronto team would just absolutely sink. However, uh, I don't think there's any sink in Connor McDavid. Like no. I, I, him, what he did in the playoffs um, is Gretzky esque. Like, yeah. it, like it was something that we just don't see ever in the last 25 years. Like he is. I remember, dude, that LA series. It was during my subathon, and I watched every game at night. Like on, like on stream, we were watching, <laughs> and they that. Had they not had Mike Smith in that, let's say they had Jack Campbell, I honestly think that they probably go six games with Colorado. And maybe that's not yeah, saying much, but I think that, you know, maybe you can't fault Mike Smith in the Colorado series, but you can absolutely fault him in the LA series. Like he literally made them play three more games than they needed to. And, and that all tax on to your, like your run. That's what I'm like, saying. When we, played, when we played you guys in 2016, the blues, we were dead by the time we got to you guys because we had gone, we had to go deep with Chicago and, and Dallas. And it's like, it, it adds on, man. Like it, it's a lot of hits on the defenseman. It's a lot of, you know, just yep. wear and tear. And by the way, like, let's talk about this. Dreisaitl did it on one foot. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't even healthy. I it, mean, he was a stud. It, it's it's crazy. Like what Connor did in the, in the LA series was like what LeBron James does. Like it, there was yeah. seek, which, which you don't see in hockey. Like you don't see the ability for one player to hop on the ice, get the puck and just at will do whatever he wants. Like that hasn't been even, even Crosby at his highest level, he would go behind the net and force like the, the, the play against Ottawa. I think like, that's like one of my favorite sequences ever in hockey where he just goes back and forth nine different times because he just has mm -hmm. the strongest core on the planet. And um, that's something that that that's a different skill set that Crosby has when you compare him to McDavid. McDavid would just go everywhere he wants with the puck, and uh, I think that with Jack Campbell in net, I think he's good enough. And I don't think he has the pressure that you have. I can't imagine being a goaltender. Look what happens when you leave Toronto as a goaltender. Freddie Anderson just won the Jennings Trophy, the lowest goals against in the league. Like yep. the pressure on a goaltender. You are run out of town as a player if in, in Toronto on any given night. You are either an MVP Hall of Famer or you are a cast-off. They don't want you anymore, and it's game by game. And that's just right. got to be brutal to think about because you got to realize, like, these guys go to work, and they have to go home, and it's like, ugh. Like, you know what I mean? Like, And a goaltender, I mean, you're, I mean, you've been a goalie your whole life. Like, 
when you let in a goal, your next shot, you're like, oh my god, dude, I can't let in another. Like, I don't know how guys could stand being a goaltender in Toronto. You have to have a extremely strong mental game. That's why I always said, like, if Benner didn't play in St. Louis and he's from Toronto, he'd be the perfect goalie in Toronto because nothing phases Benner. Yeah, like, he's, and he's from there. Yeah, he's like, whatever. All right, I'll go hang out with Drake or something. Like, he doesn't <laughs> care. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's I don't know, but yeah, I agree. I think I think Jack's gonna do good there. Is he still a lot of pressure just in Canadian market in general? Yeah. But I think he knows what he's getting into. Because he's like he's he's dealt with the toughest market you could probably deal with, yeah. other than like I guess that in Montreal probably. So it's like, you know, it's but uh, yeah, I think like I said, I think they'll be second or third in the division. I I honest, oh, okay, I see where you're going. Then I, I I know what we think of the next one. Then I think Edmonton, <laughs> if Vegas does not win the division, I think Edmonton does. I think yeah, uh, right. I, as long as Jack Campbell is not an AHL goaltender, but it can't be worse than Mike Smith, like. No. I, there's a, probably a lot of Oilers fans that are like, oh, he's not like you know what I mean. Smith like was fine. It's like. Bro, I don't know if I, I mean, I was Martin, actually Martin Jones was a shark. So like, I know what it's like to have a bad goal let up as it, and, and watch your team just be like, dude, McDavid was literally like, we just need a save. Like in his pressers was like, you score four, you need to win. Like that, without saying it, like he was like, bro, make a save. Like that's it. And yep. I think Jack Campbell does that. So I think that if Vegas does not win the division, I think Edmonton does. Which leads us to our last team of the Pacific Division, the Calgary Flames. And I think that you really like Calgary, who had... Man, this has got to be one of the craziest off-seasons in the history of the NHL. Coolest off-season ever, too. That's a word. (laughs) They were absolutely... Like, firing squad was lined up to just put Calgary out to pasture. And what they were able to do is is nothing short of a miracle. um, Because they had no leverage. Uh, They lost Goudreau. And they lost Goudreau at the final minute, meaning that they thought they had him. And yeah. uh, Goudreau was like, nope, I don't want to be in Calgary. I'd rather be closer to home. And uh, went to Columbus, which stunned everyone. I don't like, I remember getting, I remember I was at baseball and I remember just checking in, in you know, in, in between innings and I'm like, dude, he's a, he's a blue jacket. What in the world? Dude, I heard about it that morning and, they were like Columbus. I'm like, no way. Why would he yeah. go to Columbus? And then like, I remember I kept texting Chris Johnson and I'm like, where do you think he's really going? And he kept sending me the stupid CBJ cannon going off. the, the gift. <laughs> And I'm like, there's no way. And then like an hour later, he's in Columbus. And I'm like, what in the world? And then like, I don't know. You kind of like listen to it as time's gone on. And it makes a lot of sense from like what he said, everything, everything that he has said. And just, I, one of the guys I know he used to play with them in high school. Like, and he knows him personally. Like, it, everything kind of adds together now. Now it makes a ton more sense. I think they made out about as good as you could because, yes, Kadri and Huberdo, they brought them in. They're obviously older than Kachuk, and, but Gaudreau and Kachuk were never staying there. Yeah. So, yes, you're going to pay a little bit more for those two in Huberdo and Kadri. They're older. You're going to have to overpay to keep them long-term. But in terms of longevity, I mean, I think they have a better team than they had last year. That's the thing. Like, that's the thing. I, mean, I, I really do. They they lost two thirds of the best line in hockey last year, um, which is you know like astounding. And somehow, you know, Mackenzie Weger is one of the best defensemen in the NHL. And everyone forgets about that in the deal. Yeah, <laughs> like, everyone, they literally do. Yeah, and uh, you know, getting Huberdeau um, again older. You're right. I think that this makes the window much shorter, but I, yeah. it is definitely open. And Markstrom has been one of the best goaltenders since coming to Calgary. Um, uh, the Monahan deal interest it's it's crazy that if you would have said like two years ago that yeah. Goudreau Monahan and Kachuk were all gone and Calgary's still a very very good hockey team like that's 
there's no other team that's done that. Like, no other no. team has done that. That's had to deal with it. And somehow, like, their decor is nasty. So uh, adding Uyghur this next year, it's going to get awfully tough probably in, like, two to three years. But uh, Lucci's just coming off the books this that's year. True. That's and true. two years we uh, back one's off the books. I mean, so it's like they kind of have it plotted. Like, I mean, they could make a, a charge at somebody in a few years, too. I mean, like, the way their money, they don't really have, like, a guy in the back end that's making seven-plus million. You know what I mean? And, like, we'll see what Uyghur gets. I think he'll get, like, six probably, if I had to guess. That's what I'm just going to ballpark it, like, six million if he has another good year. Um but yeah, like in Elias Lindholm, like what a steal at four point eight million. That guy's a stud. <laughs> no, a that stud. that's a, that's nuts, man. Yeah, absolutely. Dude, that that Elias Lindholm and Hannafin trade, like Adam Fox too. Remember, bro? Like that? Yeah, like another another American that was not playing in Calgary. <laughs> no, yeah, and that, that's something that's got to be or said. Carolina or Carolina too. Yeah. Like, let's be honest. That, that's that's what another is. thing, especially with like the landscape of I don't want I don't talk politics, but like. Yeah. The way that COVID is handled in in Canada is starting to impact like athletes. Like you're gonna see. I a think lot- it was, I think there was something to it. I think there was with Goodrow because you're gonna have a kid for the first time and you don't know. Like you like I don't know your guys' stuff up there, but I mean, there's you know if they have another lockdown or something, like, who knows? Like what happened? We don't know what's gonna happen yeah. in the winter. And like if you have your first kid and it's like you your parents can't even come visit you mm-hmm. because like they closed down this or whatever. It's like I get it. Like and you just you don't want to. You know, everyone, it's, everyone's got to deal with it differently. It's curious to see specifically Americans in Canadian markets. <laughs> and I think that next year we're going to get to see well, it. You, you came down that. here during COVID at some cities and it was like yeah. the wild west. Like nothing ever happened. You know yeah, what I mean? And then some we, cities you couldn't even leave your house. So absolutely. it was like. I think that the drastic differences, you know, um, were pretty crazy. And I think that a lot of people forget that like athletes are like just people like after the game is done, they literally just yeah. have to go be humans. And, uh, right. you know, they gotta uh, go to the grocery store too. They gotta that, go to, yeah. I mean, again, just like bring up the sharks again. Like there was a time where Doug Wilson literally had to come out and say, we want people that want to win with the sharks, not that want to live here. And I've been to Calgary. I think it's a really fun city. Just like Winnipeg. I don't think there's a lot of guys in the NHL that say, <laughs> I want to go live in Winnipeg and Calgary and Edmonton. Um, you know, as opposed to some of the other other cities, and I know, I know the Swedes like it there because it's the most comparable kind of thing to Sweden. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, that, exactly. That yeah. in Vancouver, like the weather with Banff and all that stuff. Like, yeah. so that's you it's know they got a little Swedish up core there. up there. It but, is really nice. Like, yeah, there's a lot of places that are cool. But man, like, yeah, like it, it's just it seems like it's just awfully tough. And again, Americans in uh, man, talk to me real quick. How did Kachuk not? How was he not a St. Louis? You were literally skating with him. I, I know, and I skated him the, like the week after he came back from Florida too. He, uh, the, 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 I've always heard this: the Kachucks, they are businessmen, and their dads taught them best. And Brady and Matthew, like, they don't, they're not gonna get like all the Blues fans. They're, oh, he's gonna come back here and all this stuff. Like, okay, first off, we never give out no movement clauses. Why would he come back here? Like, we don't like. There's no guarantee of a no movement clause, and he's gonna want that. And he wanted, dude, his deal in Florida was unbelievable. He has like 68 million in like signing bonus money. Yeah, it's like all front too. Like it's nuts. Yeah, like why would and he gets to live on the beach? He could come back here in St. Louis when he's 33, 34 years old, and then you know retire or play out the rest of his you know career here, and that way he can check off the list. I played in St. Louis, like, but for right now, like I don't blame him. Like I mean, I'm a I love the Blues, but it's like. You know, uh, that was a great, great deal for him in Florida. I think Florida, that, that was another good move for Florida. Like, I think both teams did good. It's in that crazy that, that that is a good trade for both yeah. teams, given the sense that it was like 
two of their because Hubert wins. wasn't going back to Florida. Probably they wouldn't have been able to clear money because of, because of Bobrovsky's full contract. It's like dude, that, that literally thing. screwed them from signing Uyghur and Huberto because they would have had to do like serious surgery to make it all work. It's what's tough is that they went out and got Knight too that same year. It's like, God, yeah. I mean, we'll talk about Florida when we do the Atlantic division, (laughs) but uh, what do we think? What do you think of, of Calgary this year? And where do you think they'll finish? Second or third. I don't know which spot. I I think it'll be the battle of Alberta in the, in the standings. It'll it'll be them two kind of going back. I mean, like you said, I, I mean, who knows? It's going to take a while. It's a lot of new guys gelling together. so Which very we'll rarely see. works in hockey, right. by the way. I mean, we'll right. talk about Ottawa in a little bit because I think Ottawa is like the new hotness. Um, mm-hmm. But it very rarely did when like you know, you get that many new guys in hockey, does it does it work out? Um, but right. yeah, I think... I, I Man, I think that Calgary is not as good as Edmonton this year. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Like, I think that... <laughs> I keep forgetting the Uyghur thing. Like, their defense is so much better than Edmonton's. Yeah, it really is. Man, if Leonard was Vegas' starting goaltender, I don't think this would be a, this would be a, a question. Yeah. No, I still think Vegas wins the division. I think Calgary and Edmonton finish two and three. Um, and then I think Vancouver is the one that potentially, I don't think three, I don't think four teams make it out of the Pacific this year, but I think that Vancouver would be the one that can kind of sneak in. Um, but yeah, guys, let us know in the comment section, bro. That was, that was fun. That was a fun hour of talking actual hockey. When we get me and you talking hockey, we could go five hours. We do this in discord every day for anybody that doesn't know. (laughs) We just sit here and we talk, we talk about business, talk about sports. It's just, and then it's like, Oh, it's already noon. All right. Time to go eat lunch. I gotta go stream. It's it's every day. Oh, this was fun. We'll do it. We'll, we'll, we'll do it again for sure. Absolutely. So, guys, yeah, the plan is um, we're going to test this out, see how you guys enjoy it. Uh, we're going to do a division preview for every division. So this isn't a one-off with uh, with my man Padre while Kesso is away. Kesso's going to hop on and talk the real hockey with us too, but obviously he's got a lot to, to deal with right now with the birth of his daughter. So, um, yeah, let us know in the comment section. If you're watching on YouTube, let us know down below um, what you thought and your thoughts on our takes. Were we completely wrong or were we – absolutely right i think that we're right now <laughs> all right but uh yeah guys it's been cool and uh we'll see you next week have a good one without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done at granger we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies count on real-time product availability and fast delivery Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, Did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.